And we are live. This is another episode of Who's Got Next. I'm your co-host, Nick Cavan. Alongside me, Christian Ainsworth. Christian, how are you doing today? It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. I won't lie to you, but it's going on. We got some Chiefs football. We just came off a Chiefs win. There are worse weeks to be alive. 100%. And the Chiefs bounce back after a pretty humiliating 27 to three loss to the Tennessee Titans and pull out a win on Monday night against the New York football giants. And they won 20 to 17. It was pretty crazy at the end of the game. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about specifically, Christian, I didn't even mention it before the show, but that last drive for the chiefs defense was pretty remarkable. And I thought the pass rush did a phenomenal job. Everyone from all sides, from Jaron Reed at defensive tackle to Chris Jones on the inside and then Frank Clark on the outside. I thought they all three performed very well in that last drive and could potentially build momentum into this game. Yeah, and I mean, all the more better, right, when we sign a guy like Melvin Ingram, so who has been actually more productive than Frank Clark has over the past season. But yeah, dude, that final drive, seeing Frank Clark get back to where I feel like he was a few years ago and Chris Jones looking like a monster up the middle, man. It was it was a sight for sore eyes, I'll be honest with you. Even with Frank Clark's lack of productivity, I I really think even though like you look in Twitter comments and obviously that was hinted at with Tyron Matthew and stuff and Anthony Hitchens, all jokes aside on toxicity, but I think the Chiefs community really loves Frank Clark, and that is vice versa. I think Frank Clark really builds and gets a lot of that energy out of Arrowhead, and that was the first time Arrowhead had really come together in that kind of fashion this season and really get behind the team for this 2021 year, and it was really fun to see. Yeah, well, and the problem is, I, I, I do think you're right. I think that he has a great mental fit in Kansas City. He has that mentality. I mean, that's why they brought him in, right? Like they brought him in for his productivity, but also to be a leader on this defense. And the problem is going to be, I really think that he's going to have, I don't want to say a great rest of the season. So like 10 plus sacks over the next couple of games, but like, let's just say he ends this season with six and a half sacks and looks really good. We get into the postseason, we do something there and we just can't bring him back is my thing. Unless, unless he takes a pay cut. Do you think he's going to do that? You think what? he take a pay cut? I No, I don't think he takes a pay cut, but he's on contract for the time being till to like 2024. What do you think they're yeah. going to do? I think they're going to cut him. I think ba- wow. you basically have to, to, to field a worthwhile defense in this upcoming season. I don't know what else you do. We're go- definitely going to cut hitch. I think that's been in the works for a while. That's and, that one's more understandable than the Clark one, in my opinion, just because I think the linebacker position, especially with Nick Bolton already at over 60, 60 tackles, not sacks, 60 tackles. And, you know, he's leading that defense and just got rookie of the year on defense uh, for uh, that. And, you know, you're also looking at Willie Gay, who's got back to back picks the last two weeks. And those two look like they're the future. Oh, yeah. And. I think Willie's actually being overshadowed a bit by Nick Bolton, who's obviously having a great season, but Willie Gay has been really, really, really good in the past couple of games. 100%. Like, 
built just instincts for the ball. He's a ball hawk at linebacker, which is crazy, but like he's like Devin White esque, right? Like he can play all over the field. I don't know if he has a grasp of football enough to be able to call the defense, but like dude, he he's just so rangy. He's incredibly good in coverage. I mean, look at look at some of the matchups. Did did you hear Willie Gay get called out for you know missing somebody on defense? Like no, he he was in every place he was supposed to be, where he was supposed to be, or when he was supposed to be there. And it's just crazy to me that the, the linebacking core, who was, I think, the worst, most shallow position that we had on this roster, is now somehow a strength. How do you do that in one offseason? I don't know. It's crazy. Well, one way you do that is Nick Bolton falls into the late second round when he was projected late first round, which you know, really caught me by surprise that these NFL teams let the Chiefs fill that hole because you knew it. Everyone who had any scouting report on the Chiefs knew that the linebacker position was bad, at least certainly inexperienced in that regard coming into that year. And moving off of that, you know, going back on the Frank Clark thing, you know, if he does get six, seven sacks and Chris Jones wants to keep him around. And, you know, Chris Jones continues at DT and they make a deep playoff run. It might be possible that he could stay. Do you think that's a possibility still, or do you think it's a burnt bridge? No, I I just think with all of the, it's just like, I don't even really know how to phrase it here because it's like, he's been not productive enough for too long. And he's either injured or he's got some type of off the field issues. It just feels like it's always something. And you see it as a business decision more so like financially, because the contract's so not necessarily bad, but pretty favorable toward Clark given his production. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of, I feel like the Justin Houston contract is going to play. It's going to factor into that decision as well, because if you remember correctly, he had 22 sacks in one season. And we signed him to a huge extension and he never really reached that mark again. And I feel like Frank Clark with that, I think it was, I think it was a 16 sack season in Seattle. I I could be wrong there, but he had a huge monster season. And then he came over here. We gave him a huge contract. Now, you know, almost no production. He's had some good playoff tackles and, and come up really, really big in some really, really big games. But at this point, I think that, you know, with kind of the mentality that we have towards those type of contracts, I think Tyron Matthew probably sees an extension before. I think that has a greater chance of happening, I mean, than Frank Clark not being cut in this offseason. You make a decent point with that, Matthew, because he does need to get paid, certainly. And he has certainly proven to be a much more viable not only viable but just reliable consistent option is even especially his size he's never really hurt let me knock on wood real quick but you know he's been feisty and a real but I think they both set the attitude in the tone for the defense so it's going to be interesting to see my thing is if he comes out and has a really great postseason let's say the Chiefs make the postseason he has three four sacks in the postseason you look at that 2019 playoff run where they won the Super Bowl, he had like five and a half sacks just in the playoffs. And then you go to this one where he's performing in the playoffs. I think you might have to at least somewhat consider and maybe go into the cap. 
I don't know. It's going to be an interesting situation financially for the Chiefs. And that's what happens when you have such a talented team. You have to make those tough decisions. And I trust that Brett Beach will probably do the right thing. I think Tyron Matthew is a huge priority, probably number one priority this offseason, just because of what he does for the defense. And yeah, what did you what do you think about that? Is that in yeah, closing I mean, comments? He's having an all pro year again. So all he's done is come into Kansas City. It's arguable that besides Priest Holmes, he is the best free agent signing in Kansas City Chiefs history. Like he came in, completely changed the back end of this defense. He can play any spot on the field. Has he been injured? But besides the COVID thing, I don't think he's even been injured. I don't believe so. so. I think he's played every game. Yeah, so he's incredibly healthy. The only time that he have ever had anything is when he got sick in COVID protocol. And, dude, all pro every single year. I, don't, I just don't know how you, how you let him go unless the money is just a little bit too high. And with how the defense is performing, there are some other factors, especially the whole Twitter thing that went on this past week. I mean, we, we don't even really have to get into it, but there are some reasons why I could see him not getting an extension, but it's pretty hard to pass up on a guy with that type of talent. That's only done great things for your defense. Oh, exactly. And, you know, I think all of what we've said has really kind of created, you know, the argument that the chiefs defense has gotten a lot better because they played really well against Washington not even allowing any points in the in the second half. They only gave up 13 in that game. Then they go against the Titans, and even though they did not play that great against the Titans, they didn't even allow 30 points. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, that's normally a win for the defense. It truly is, and especially when the offense doesn't even score a touchdown. It's surprising they didn't get to 30. And then moving off of that, this past week, they only gave up 17 to the Giants, which is more than acceptable for the defense. And just really any NFL game now, especially when you have arguably the best quarterback in the league, despite the turnover issues, which <laughs> we did see a crazy turnover off of McKinnon's helmet. <laughs> which Dude, it's, just... un it's unbelievable. Like how bad of luck do you have to have to where it goes through Josh Gordon's hands and hits Jarek McKinnon in the face, bounces off, and you get an interception? Like, and what moving do you do? On, yeah, and you know, moving off of that, just to look at kind of the division and how things are wrapping up so far, at least halfway through, roughly. And the Raiders are top of the uh, division at five and two, but they have yet another really horrific situation happen with Henry Ruggs on Monday morning or maybe Tuesday morning, um, driving his car, Corvette at five, 156 miles per hour, allegedly according to the deputies and, you know, he had the, what was it? Double two times the limited, uh, the limit. Yeah. The for, blood alcohol. Content. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the verbiage, but yeah. And, you know, left a young woman fatally killed and yeah. I mean, it was just a horrible situation. Um, you know, one thing that really struck me about it just in general and something that I thought about was, Vegas has not been there very long in terms of professional sports. And this was, you know, sad to say it. Vegas is a very crazy city. And it's going to be interesting to see 
if athletes take the Henry Rugg story, future and current professional athletes, both for the Golden Knights currently and, of course, the Raiders, take this situation that happened to Henry Ruggs and learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. Because the consequences of doing something as silly as driving under influence can not only cost you your own health, but even the health, safety, and potentially lives of people around you. So I just hope that Las Vegas athletes and people within the organizations make sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen again. Well, and kind of playing off that, I don't really know how much more you can do. The NFL offers a service for players, no questions asked. You call the service, they come pick you up and take you where you need to go. So it, it was just a stupid decision. And obviously a, one stupid decision can lead to the deaths of a, a young woman and her dog. And I don't know if you've seen the, the aftermath video of it, but it's, it's hard to watch. And I, I just don't know what else you can do besides say, hey, listen, this, this is a young kid in the public eye who made a stupid decision. And I kind of like Derek Carr's approach where he's like, listen, you guys are supposed to lambast him because he made a horrible decision that, you know, ended the lives of uh, a woman and her dog, but he needs some love right now. And, and I, I'm going to be there for him. I think that, you know, a few other guys on the team would say the same thing. Just circling back. I don't know what else you can do. I, I don't know what else you can do to, to help prevent that from happening besides tell guys, Hey, don't be dumb. Don't be an idiot and ruin your entire life because you want to get drunk and get behind the wheel of a vehicle. And of course you have the Gruden situation as well, which he due to emails he sent previously, I believe at ESPN um, got exposed and stuff and he had to be let go. So the Raiders, even though at five and two, Losing key pieces like that, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can hold on to that top spot. And then at number two, you have the Chargers at four and three. They're on a two-game losing streak. And then you got the Chiefs, who are at four and four with the Broncos. So it's definitely a competitive division at this point, and it's going to be fun to watch. How do we feel about the Chiefs' chances of still taking the division? Well, I was going to ask you the same thing. I think that. Broncos have 100% given up on the season, given that they traded Von Miller, probably the best player on their team. And I don't know. I, I really don't think that the Raiders, with everything that's gone on this season and the president of football operations, I don't know if you mentioned him, was uh, I think he just stepped away for, for basically no reason. So they're out three of their core group. I mean, what – I don't think that a team can rally when there's that much going against you. Sometimes seasons just aren't meant to be. And sometimes life gets in the way of football and as it should, it's, I mean, it's, there are things bigger than football, but I don't think the Raiders are going to, going to do anything crazy and win the division this year. And the chargers are really the only opposition at this point. How do you feel about our chances against them? I think we still have, one more game to play against them. Isn't that right? We have a late, late season against game the, against the Chargers. Yes, yes. They do play the Chargers one more time this year. Um, it'll be in uh, Los Angeles at SoFi. I'm not sure what week it is. I know it's certainly later in the season. 
but I should be able to find it here in just oh, a moment. Oh, you're good. I'm just, but, we've already played them once, though. So we, yes, of we only have one more game. Yep, they and, play them week 15, so okay. definitely deeper into the season. They play a lot of their division uh, at later in the year, which is good, honestly, for in the Andy Reid era. They've been really successful against the AFC West teams. I don't know if there's anyone who performs as well against his division opponents than Andy Reid, especially in the last six, seven years. So Besides certainly Bill something. Belichick, there's, a, there's not a whole lot of competition between those. Those two no, divisions, the AFC no, there West. Really isn't. But um, yeah, yeah. So, do you think you think the Chargers? I mean, there's a real shot here, at least this week, where the Raiders lose and the Chiefs win, and we're playing for the top division spot. How how many weeks do you think it takes, or will take, or won't take for the Chiefs to to get atop this division? Well, we certainly got to get through this week in terms of assessing that. And this is a huge week for the Kansas city chiefs and Christian who's got next for these chiefs. Green Bay Packers without uh, their star quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP. Yeah, that's correct. Reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. But one thing I did notice is they do have a lot of their stars coming back. You know, Devonte Adams, um, I believe MVS is coming back, Valdez yep. Scantling, and then uh, Lazard looked like he was healthy as well when I was looking at the injury report. So they've got a lot of those guys coming back, and, man, it's going to be interesting with with Jordan Love. I know that they signed uh, Blake Bortles to the practice squad, and as much as I like Bortles, he, I just don't think they're going to put him in unless they really have to. And going off of this man, Jordan Love, obviously – he got drafted in the 2020 NFL draft and sat last year behind the great Aaron Rodgers, like we said, MVP last year, like 44 touchdowns, like five interceptions, just one of the greatest seasons of all time. It was starting this year off very well, but I don't know, man. I've got to ask you first before I go, since I got all the numbers, but how do you feel about Jordan Love? The thing is, is, this game is definitely going to be easier, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is a, is a known quantity. We know how he likes to play, and he's really, really good. And there are teams, you can look at all of his tendencies and game plan all you want. Sometimes Aaron Rodgers is just better than you could. He made like some his, incredible throws last time he was in there. Ex- exactly. Like his, his offense is sometimes just better than your defense. Even when you're right, you're wrong. And that's absolutely hard to play against. But it's also very hard to game plan for a guy who's never started an NFL game. He's taken, I think it was like four NFL snaps, and that was in garbage time of a game last year. I I can't remember. It was pretty late in the season. But so they've got a guy who has basically no NFL game time. I don't know how much of the pre he played a lot of the preseason, but I don't know how much of that you can look at and go, Oh, well, this is going to, how he's going to look in the green Bay offense when they have all of the training wheels off and it's a real live game. So I don't, I don't really know how you game plan for a team like this. It's, it's definitely going to be hard. Luckily they don't have Robert Tonya. What is it? Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. Tanya. Yeah. Uh, They don't have their, incredible tight end back which I feel like they could take advantage of Sorensen and Neiman with with him on the field but luckily he's not going to be back still on IR 
I mean, what, what do you look at? How do you game plan for something like this? I'll ask you, what, what do you do? Well, one thing that is certain, I don't think that Jordan Love is ready, at least in my eyes, and I'll explain why. In his junior year at Utah State, this was the 2019 collegiate season, the man threw for 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. I think, and I think a lot of people thought in the moment when the Packers drafted that man, keep in mind they had just lost in the NFC Championship game that year. They picked Jordan Love instead of working on their offense, getting a new defense piece, getting any piece other than, you know, the one piece that you were amazing at and have been amazing at. You pick it on Jordan Love, the guy who threw 20 touchdowns and 17 picks in the Mountain West Conference as a junior. I will give him credit his sophomore year, he threw 32 touchdowns and six picks. But, I mean, you even look at his freshman year, he obviously didn't play as much, but eight touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, you're looking at a lot more turnover consistency than just one season. And I don't know if he'll be great or not great. I really, I'm not that great at assessing that, but from my perspective, I think the Packers heavily reached with love and it just goes to show that the Packers organization has not drafted that great recently. And it's shown with the lack of titles that Rodgers has won. Well, and they've had a lot of turnover there on defense as well. That's kind of always been their knock. Like the offense is always really, really good. Defense is bad. Not that I don't think they don't know how to draft on the defensive side of the ball, but they have had a lot of misses. Um, but I, I don't know. That just kind of brings me back. How do you game plan against him? What, what, what do you do? You send a lot of pressure? Do you, do you play – you drop seven back in coverage like they've been doing to Mahomes. How would you go about it? No, you really, I mean, you really don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's, I didn't even look at his rushing stats. I'm not even sure if he was a real runner. Let's see. He, he's pretty mobile out of the pocket. Um, yeah, and not, not really, not really any, I don't think he's that great of a runner. It, it doesn't look like he's too special in that regard. I mean. Well, I think he's, he he's never mobile had more like Mahomes yards. is mobile. Yeah. I mean, like you, he might be a great athlete designed runs, but like he, he can get out of the pocket and hurt you a little bit. He, he's not Lamar Jackson. though. No, nowhere close. And I mean, truthfully speaking, Christian, I think that this is one of the worst places for him to start off his NFL career. I mean, the group yeah. Packers are going to know if he's with it or not at this. I mean, not necessarily putting too much on him, but you're going to see if this kid's ready for the lights because Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes, the reigning AFC champs at their, like I said, at their home after they just got a win, they need a win. They're about to play the Raiders, the division leader. They're trying to climb back. They've had a lackluster season. All chips are on the table. You got to substitute in for, for Aaron Rodgers, who truthfully might even miss the next game, depending on what happens. I'm not really sure what the timetable is for that because most players do have the vaccine. Um, and had to slide that in there, did you? <laughs> why, well, I did. I mean, the man did lie. I mean, he's trying to cover it up, but it's just the truth that he lied about getting the vaccine. And it's going to be, and I mean, and I personally, not to speak too much on it, because I, I do think it is a personal choice at the end of the day, but 
It's just he was being a little irresponsible and not even following the NFL guidelines because he was the one without a mask at a big Halloween party. Yeah. And you're the one telling all your teammates that you're vaccinated and you're claiming and labeling yourself as vaccinated in an NFL locker room with grown men running this team, being around so many people. I just thought it was a little selfish of a decision. And because he answered it the way that he did. Um, well, so I mean, he really answered it directly with yes. Like they said, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah, I've been immunized. So yes. there's an affirmation there. Yes, I have been vaccinated and confirmation with the immunization. I don't yes. even know if I'm saying that correctly. But he like, said it very yeah. strange. I'm not even sure if he said it correctly, to be honest. I, I don't hear the word too often. Most people just say vaccinated. He didn't necessarily say vaccinated. He said immunized, but you know, never, nevertheless, it's certainly an interesting topic and one matchup. Oh, go ahead. Before we move on to matchups, I do want to talk about uh, one thing you hit on with Jordan Love. I think, oh, what was it? You said, what was it you said about him being Green Bay being possible? No, Green Bay being possibly the worst place he could have drafted. Didn't you say that? I mean, I mean, it It was just a very – it's a very tough situation because you are dealing with Rodgers, who I didn't think wanted to leave the throne there. I mean, that that whole thing certainly upset him. I, I don't see how it, how he would think any way other, you know? Yeah. Well, and he he's in a position right now where the expectations on him are incredibly high, and he's going up against, like you said, the AFC West defending champions – which, I mean, we can talk about how good the Chiefs really are all day and night. We'll see if we get anywhere. But he's playing them in their house, which is one of the hardiest, hardest stadiums to play at. And he was drafted in the first round with sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, learning from him. I, I don't know how much of a buddy-buddy relationship they have or how much they talk about off the field, but you've had two years to learn the system. You're a first-round draft pick. He should be able to step in here if you're – looking at the expectations of Packers fans, I would imagine that they would think he could come in, step in, take Aaron Rodgers' role, and not be Aaron Rodgers by any means, but at least be an above-average quarterback. It's been the expectation to be an above-average quarterback with Favre and Rodgers back-to-back, that's certain. And even Bart Starr. I mean, really, their whole history of Packers quarterbacks has been very successful. Well, and so look at all that expectation. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick that shouldn't have been a first-round draft pick. He has a lot of pressure on him. He's got a lot of weight on his shoulders coming into this game. And I think you're right. I think it's going to play out pretty well for the Chiefs. I don't know how they can, besides strategy and and all that stuff that I'm no good at, I think that if you're just looking at the mental side of this game, with Spagnuolo, we can talk about how bad of a coordinator, good a coordinator he is too. But he does dial up some exotic blitzes, and he can change it up. It's going to fluster. I think that yes, the, that Jordan yes. Love has a big possibility of being of being flustered by Spags because he likes to send those corner blitzes. He likes to send the safety blitzes. He likes mixing it up. He likes sending the linebackers down the middle. Then they're coming from the side. Then they're coming from this way. It's very strange. It's very elaborate. And along with that, he'll probably just send a bunch of different defensive line blitzes too. And it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really interested to see. And one matchup that's really going to be interesting for the Chiefs is, ooh, what is it? It's Aaron Jones and just like those linebackers, man, because like we've said, Bolton and Willie Gay have both played 
phenomenally well this year. And if they can win that matchup or at least contain him, it's going to be a really successful game for this Chiefs because that taking the ball out of Aaron Jones's hands on those short dump offs and run plays is going to just leave it in Love's hands more. And I think that's what you want as a Chiefs fan and as a Chiefs player or part of the organization. Well, and they low key have, and I'll talk about the linebackers here in a second, but the Packers have low key a really, really good running duo with AJ Dillon. And Aaron Jones. I regret dropping just, AJ Dillon in fantasy. I, Go ahead. I know, dude. He uh, that actually happened in a couple of leagues. He got dropped, and I picked him up off of waivers, which there is you just, go. you know, thank the football gods. But anyway, yeah, they they have a really good run back, a running back duo there. And if Jordan Love is having as much trouble as we think that he probably will, with the expectations, with the exotic blitzes. I think that they're going to have to run the ball a whole lot. And with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay in the game, like, I, I don't think that's a problem that I don't, I don't think it will be. And we showed that with Derek Henry against the Titans. And you can talk about how it was, Oh, the, the Titans were up so much that they didn't have to worry about running the football or they had a bunch of one-on-one coverage. It doesn't matter. Nick Bolton had four tackles for a loss and he was that's incredible. hitting, he was hitting Derek Henry. Shoulder pad to shoulder pad, straight up, stopping him in his tracks behind the line of scrimmage. And did you hear anything about Spags, his press conference today, where he talked about how Hitch was probably going to be starting over him? Because that, uh-uh. to me, is it's egregious. If, if we see, and it could just be coach talk, trying to throw him off, and I don't know yeah, we'll how have you to... could start Hitchens over Bolton at this point. Yeah, we'll certainly have to see. Um... It's not a terrible idea to get the most out of Hitchens while we have him, if you are correct with them potentially cutting him this offseason. Um, so it's that's definitely going to be one to watch for sure because, you know, him – if you have the combination of Hitchens, Bolton, and uh, Gay Jr. out there, I, I don't see a world in which Ben Neiman really gets to – play much so or at all so if 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 starting Hitchens means that you don't have to play Neiman really at all I'm all for it basically in my take yeah <laughs> and that, that's not a bad take let me tell and what you. about and what do you think about Devontae Adams you know it's just going to be interesting to see the timing between him and love because they really haven't gotten to time anything out and I think that's a really important element yeah well and not only that that's one of their only offensive weapons that, that they can really play off of and, and key on in this game. We talked about Mark, what is it, Marquez Valdez? Yes, yeah, MVS. Uh, yeah, MVS and Lazard. I mean, those are two guys. That's basically Robinson and Conley for the Chiefs. Like, they're pretty good. They could play a role, and, and they have their spots in this offense where they make big plays, but they're not. Devonte Adams and I think that if the Chiefs defense can come out and just double them all game make it hard play press man coverage against them have some have a safety over the top for help get inside leverage like there are a bunch of ways you could try to take him out of this game if we can force them and I don't even know this sounds so crazy to say it because in years past we haven't had such a good linebacking core if you can keep it to where it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon that are beating you or that that basically we have to, you have to run through our linebackers before you get anywhere else. 
I think the Chiefs have a really, really good shot of winning this game. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's going to be something that's interesting to watch. I mean, it's going to be so fun. Game starts at uh, 3, so it's a fun afternoon. We don't got to wait as long as we did watching everybody else play. And Christian, without further ado, man, what's that final score prediction? So it's going to change. I, I did one earlier in the week, but that was before Aaron Rodgers was announced that he would be ineligible to play. I think the Chiefs come out. I think they have a good offensive set. This Green Bay defense is very, very, uh, very difficult to play against, but they're a little loose at cornerback. So I'm going to say 35 27 Chiefs. And I think Josh Gordon plays a pretty big role in this offense. I think they scheme him open. I think that, you know, with Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey dealing with some lingering injuries that he is going to be kind of freed up to do what he does best, which is catch the ball and score touchdowns. Excuse me. Yeah. And one, and one thing that I think going into this is it's important to know Aaron Rodgers is not playing in this football game. And since the chiefs offense has sort of struggled these last couple of weeks, um, I've got 28, 17, Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't see Jordan Love getting to 20 points in this rowdy Arrowhead crowd. Must win game for the city. You know how Arrowhead comes rocking. I think he's going to be flustered, make too many decisions, whether it be fumbling, not seeing blitzes, or throwing into a disguised zone. So I could see Tyron certainly getting his hands on one of those, or even Juan Thornhill potentially. I know this was a big defensive-heavy podcast episode for us, and I think it came with reason. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are plenty of reasons to talk about this defense, even though the offense hasn't been playing very well. There, I think there's more upside at this point on the defense. Again, what, what world are we living in right now where we can talk about Chiefs linebackers and the Chiefs defense actually playing well? And to be fair, we do normally talk about the offense, and offense is going to figure itself out, I believe. I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you kind of got to keep the faith in that regard. But Christian... Is there anything else you'd like to add? Not really, man. I, I hope you have a good weekend. I know we talk, you know, once or twice during the week, get the show stuff ready. But, yeah, I hope your weekend's great. It'll be a good good weekend for Chiefs football, man. Well, I hope you have a great weekend as well. We'll see if the Tigers can somehow pull off a miraculous upset over Georgia, but I'll hold my breath in that regard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I will as well. That uh, I don't know if I'll be tailgating this weekend. Yeah. But- yeah, well, it is in Athens, not Greece, but Georgia. And okay. with that being said, Christian, I hope you have a great weekend as well, man. Go Tigers, go Chiefs, and we are signing off. Have a great week, everybody. See you later, guys.